Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I was just thinking about a tangent on that. There are times when, I wish I could do it all the time, but there are times, special times when I wish I could just give you pills or drinks or something that would just pour that into your life. Grace and mercy and peace. I can do the second best thing, which is ask God to do it. And he wants to, and he will. What has to happen in your life, in your circumstances, so that you can receive more grace and mercy and peace? What does that have to do with transfiguration? Well, maybe I'll get to it at the end of the sermon. In the meantime, let's talk about Jesus being transfigured, what it meant for him, what it meant for his disciples, and if we have enough time, and of course we will, what it means for us. It's cold and wet out there. You'd rather stay in here, right? And listen to me. Mm. Jesus is headed for his sacrifice on the cross. He's headed for Holy Week. He knows what's going to happen, and... He needs encouragement. Ever anticipated surgery or chemotherapy or stuff like that and you know what there's going to be pain and there's going to be nausea and there's going to be humiliation and embarrassment and more pain and the anticipation is hard to take and Jesus knows what's ahead of him he's going to get beaten up and he's going to get rejected and he's going to get abandoned and he's going to get crucified and he's going to get resurrected that's what makes it all worthwhile the resurrection and so his father gives him this moment of encouragement. Come up here and spend time with me, my son, and experience briefly some of your heavenly glory that you set aside in order to become a human being and be a suffering servant for your people. Give you some encouragement to say, yes, I, you're on the right, you're headed in the right direction. I approve of the plan of salvation that we set in place before we ever made this world and all those people in it. So Jesus is up there on the mountain and Moses and Elijah appear. They represent the law and the prophets. It is, he is what they anticipated, what they pointed toward. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of their prophecies and their ministries and their efforts. Now, another tangent. I got a bunch of tangents this morning. How did Jesus know them? And I'm thinking, he may have met them before. If he'd been in heaven with, with his father, 
before creation, wouldn't he have been there when Moses and Elijah went to heaven? Yeah. Now, how did the disciples know Moses and Elijah? Well, that's obvious. Name tags. But they're there, encouraging Jesus, because in a few weeks he's going to be hanging on a cross. Remember, he is true man, as well as true God, and he needs encouragement and reassurance. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Pay attention to him. And the disciples do that. But it's interesting that as they're headed down the hill, Jesus tells these three guys, don't tell anybody else what you've just experienced until his resurrection and ascension. And then Peter writes, yeah, this all sort of certified, helped to give God's stamp of approval to what's happening, helped us to understand that this Jesus is God, Savior of the world. And it's a light shining into the darkness of this world. There are a lot of stories, a lot of philosophies, a lot of religions that come at us that have been developed over the years. And then there is the revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All this other stuff will fail us, will dissolve, will prove to be foolish and useless. And Peter says, only Jesus Christ is the one who gives us life or grace, mercy, and peace. Hmm. And the Father says, pay attention, listen to him. And what the disciples do, they just don't make the connections. Until finally, finally on Pentecost, it comes together for them. But up to that point, they're still trying to figure it all out. And they go, oh yeah, I remember when he was transfigured. Yeah, wasn't that great? And his resurrection, and his miracles, and his ascension. And now the Holy Spirit's saying, guess what, boys? It all points to Jesus as Savior of the world. We believe that? The transfiguration helps us understand that Jesus is King and Lord and giver of life. He is the one around whom all of creation revolves and our lives revolve around him too. He needs to be at the center of our life. couple stories. Let's see if I can do justice to them. I think this one is make-believe, this first one. A man liked to go hunting ducks, and he used dogs because he shoot a duck and fall in the water in the lake, and then the dog would swim out and get the duck and bring it back to the 
to his master. Hey, great. This man found, heard about this dog, went to see it, and bought it. Paid a lot of money for it. Because the dog, when, the, when the, uh, the hunter shot the duck, the dog would go out on the lake, wouldn't swim, would run across the top of the water. What a dog. So the man gets his dog, he buys his dog, and he takes a friend with him to go out hunting, duck hunting, and he, and he shoots a duck, and the dog runs out across the lake and brings the duck back. And the new owner says to his friend, what did you see? What did you notice? And the guy said, I just realized the dog, dog doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> Isn't that where we're at sometimes? We just don't see. We don't see God's word telling us the truth. We don't see ourselves in need of a Savior. We just don't see all that. It's right there in front of us. We just don't see it. An amazing thing. Salvation. Forgiveness. Eternal life. We just don't see it. The dog can't swim. What's so special about him? He walks in the water. The other end of the spectrum. About a hundred years ago, uh, a guy by the name of Paderewski was a world-famous piano player. I'd say pianist, except somebody in my family doesn't like me to use that word. But he was a world-famous piano player from Poland. And eventually, he became prime minister of Poland. But in any case, he was going to give a concert. And a, a lady in town had an eight-year-old boy. She's trying to encourage him to learn how to play the piano. So she bought tickets to this concert that Paderewski was going to put on. And before the concert, people were getting settled in and so forth. And the little boy had wandered away. And mom hadn't, hadn't really paid attention to him. And the, the lights dim, and suddenly, mom sees her little boy at the piano in the middle of the stage, sitting there and starting to plink out the only tune he knows, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Stars. And she goes, oh no, <laughs> this is going to be so embarrassing. And Paderewski saw what was happening, came in and put his arms around the child, started playing. Isn't that great? God says, I love you, and keep doing what you're doing, and I will come alongside of you, and we will make beautiful music as we serve the Lord. Maybe in very humble ways, like the only tune we know is Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Stars. The only thing we can figure out to do is to touch somebody or give somebody a hug because we don't have profound words. We don't have great insight, but we can give a hug, a touch, something simple that God can use to touch lives. So what's the transfiguration mean for us? That God comes to us it says, first of all, here's my son with whom I am well pleased. 
He is doing and will continue to do what I want him to do, which is go to the cross and conquer death through his resurrection. The transfiguration means that God comes to us and says, I want you to pay attention. I want you to pay attention to Jesus as your Savior, your giver of life. I want you to pay attention to living the way I make possible for you. We're going to have some interesting stories, I think, of God's goodness. It's at, at the at the funeral for Marge Olson yesterday, I talked to a couple men who were here, because I guess I'm, I'm assuming Marge was very generous financially to Concordia Portland, Concordia University Portland. So two gentlemen were here representing Concordia. And I chatted with them and said, what are you going to do for a job? It's interesting. You know, and Jeff here is also part of that faculty too, Jeff Allen. It's going to be interesting in the months ahead to find out how God is providing for them in terms of jobs and finances and whatever else they need. And God will provide in some amazing ways. Maybe that's how the transfiguration has an impact on us, that God comes into our world to be with us and to guide us and to take care of us and provide for us. It was interesting listening to stories yesterday about Marge Olson, who'd been part of this congregation for a few years, and how she touched the lives with her kindness, her empathy, her love, but also her passion for Christ. As she said over and over again, she was waiting to go home to be with Jesus. That's part of the impact of the transfiguration too, isn't it? Jesus as Lord and Savior, giver of life, of eternal life for those who believe. It was interesting. Yesterday also was a funeral for Martin Hein. The Hein family had been part of this congregation about 80 years ago, and then they saw the light and they moved to Washougal, Washington. <laughs> which used to smell because the, water, the paper mill was nearby. But anyway, Martin, 90 years old, died. Like others I've known, a very gentle man, devoted to his Lord, faithful in worship, The transfiguration shows up in these people, in a Martin Hine, in a Marge Olson, in the way they sort of share God's love with others as they extend God's grace, mercy, and peace to others, to those around them. Now, as you deal with whatever you're dealing with, whether it be health concerns, bossy, bad bosses, thoughtless children, careless neighbors, whatever, fragile health, 
whatever it might be, can you find strength in God? Can you find his support and his guidance in this Jesus who showed himself to be God as he is transfigured? He comes to us, you and me. He comes to us and says, I'm with you. I care about you. I'm acting in your life. Right now. I go before you. I'm preparing opportunities so that you can share, you can witness, you can help. Hmm. Other than that, I don't know if the transfiguration has that much going for it. Yeah, we don't spend a lot of time celebrating it, right? You got Pentecost, you got Christmas, you got Easter. What's the big deal about transfiguration? Other than that, other than that it reveals to us that Jesus is our Lord, giver of life, eternal life, as he shares grace, mercy, and peace. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.